Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cousins for Christ, where we're just three cousins who like to get together and talk about Christ. Well, I'm joined once again here by my cousins, Jeremy Hall. Hello. Chris Mash. Hello, gentlemen. I'm Jeff Hall, and um, I think we have another good episode, guys. Oh, yeah. Tonight, to set this up, we're going to be talking about what is the church, and uh, probably at some point in there, we're going to be talking about what the church ain't. Uh just wanted to say right off the top that everything that we say here, uh, we're trying to back this up with Scripture. And in the event that uh, one of you listeners, you hear something that you don't believe that, that what we're, just, we're, we're talking about is according to Scripture, let us know. Please contact us. I mean, we're all here to grow, to learn, and to get better. Uh, the other thing is what we're, what we're going to say tonight and perhaps – on any other podcast, there may be things you don't agree with. And I'll say this, we don't always agree with each other. No. But the, the, the key is to keep an open mind. What we do when we have these discussions, we're able to respectfully discuss these topics, articulate our points, and, uh, and I think we all come away better. I can tell you for a fact, I've had, had times where uh, I felt pretty strongly about something, and either Chris or Jeremy might bring up a point, that might a either change my mind or b it may cause me to look at that from a different angle from a different perspective in a way that i didn't before so it's valuable but the point is uh, if if you don't agree with us don't tune us out uh let us know we, we would love we welcome your comments we, we'd like to know what you think so getting into our topic what is the church the church is the body of christ all the people who accept Christ's gift of salvation and follow Christ's teachings. It is much more than a building. In the Bible, church never refers to a building. It always refers to people, the people who follow Christ. And we read over and over again, and we've got multiple scriptures to back this up. Multiple times, the church is referred to as the body of Christ. It is His church. He is the head of that body. Mm-hmm. And we function as individual members of it. Romans 12, verses 4 through 5 states that we all have different functions as our own bodies have different members. I'm not quoting the scripture right here. I'm paraphrasing. I will go down and grab that verse for you. But Romans 12, 4 through 5 uh, states clearly we all have different functions as our own bodies have different members which serve different purposes. So is the church of Christ, he being the head of it, we being members that make up the body and work together as one to do his will. So jumping back to 12, Romans 12, 4 through 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Jeremy, what do you think? Oh, do you I, agree that I Christ agree. is... <clears throat> The church is, is, is the body of Christ. Oh, 100%. It is, this is not a building. Chris? No, I agree so completely. We're, no, no, we're all, we're all in sync on, on that for yeah. sure. It's the, it's the people and not the actual Okay. Yeah, I mean, I even building. had a couple of verses here that kind of did it. Just For example, uh, Acts 12.1. Now about that time, Herod the, the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church to do them harm. Well, you can't grab a hold of the church. You had to grab a hold of what is the church is the people. Okay. You know, then Acts 12, 5, 
So Peter was kept in prison, but the prayer for him was being made to God intensely by the church. So that shows you that it's the body of followers. So the church is the body of yeah. followers. It's the people who make up this body <clears throat> with Christ being the head. Chris, anything to add before we keep moving? No, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. The yeah. Bible references anywhere or two or more gather in my presence. If I, that is, yeah, if I can take up some more time. I, and again, we're, we're trying to come at this from, from Scripture. I'm going to read a few different verses here. For those of you who may be uh, following along with us in your own Bibles, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are Christ's body, and individually members of it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. A couple more. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And finally, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. So we have multiple scriptures here, guys, uh, referring to the church being the body of Christ, being those people who make up that right, body, the right. members of this church. So I, I guess there's no... Uh, no, I think I think everything... No deviation on no, our opinions it's, there. It's, it's, no, I mean, technically speaking, you can belong to the church without having to go to a church assembly. And that's where the word church, we use it as a generic term now on Sundays. Oh, I'm going to church. But what you're really doing, you're going to the local church assembly. And that just sorted down to a church. Agree. I'm going to branch out here. I think, uh, as you said, it's just come. It's become part of our vernacular now. Where, oh yeah, uh, we're going to church, or you know, we're, we're going to meet up some some people from the church, and we know what they're talking about. But but I think at some point maybe there is uh, some some confusion has creeped into that. And where I'm really pointing this, I feel like the actual church building itself, the physical structure, there's nothing special about it. You know, as we as we said before, Matthew 18 and verse 20 tells us, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. We could worship our Lord and Savior outside. We could rent a space somewhere downtown we could do this in somebody's home uh, now the building the church building is great in that you know we have a comfortable central location to gather it's you know it's it's comfortable it's cooled and heated in the winter 
but I don't attach anything significant to the building itself. Well, even even kind of starting out, um, and I think Jeremy's going to touch a little bit more on this. Is most people, and when they're you know in that before the first century, they were meeting at people's homes. Yes. There wasn't an actual. And is that partly because in the first century they were being persecuted I'm, that they didn't actually have? Or well, dare not meet somewhere where people uh, were they meeting in secret. I, I'm I guess? glad you brought that up. Actually, I have that, something about that. So, in the first century, when uh, Nero took over as emperor of Rome, he was responsible for beheading Paul, and he was responsible for hanging and crucifying Peter upside down because Peter didn't think he was worthy enough to be crucified like Christ. Wow. And so, if you had a building and y'all piled up on a Sunday morning together. I'm sure those Roman soldiers would appreciate that. What do they call that? Shooting fish in a barrel? <laughs> yeah, so they would do it in secret. And that's true. That, but this, literally, these early this, Christians, these first century Christians, yes. were fearing for their very lives. Yes, the first. While also trying to spread the mm -hmm. message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, the first church that um, that was, you know, that was found, the earliest church they could find that was built for this was actually in around the third century, anywhere from. 250 or 234 to 256 they think and it was in Duropus and it is in the uh it's obviously eastern, AD yes it's in the eastern Syria and it was around the third century it's right off the Euphrates River and that's eastern the first Syria. reference that we have that's the first of an actual physical... archaeologist have ever found the oldest one that was instructed just for this cause so for almost 300 years, yes, they met. They were not meeting in a specific building no. that had Church of Christ on a no, billboard. No, outside. they might have met here and there somewhere in secret, but for the most part, like for instance, here I got this here. If you'll give me a second, first-century Christians were meeting in homes, as in Priscilla and Aquila, who hosted one of the churches in Ephesus in their own home, and that's in Romans 16, three through five. And so, then again, Romans six, or uh, likewise, greet the church that is in your house, and that's Romans sixteen five. And then you had a uh, Nymphus, who and he was also having his house, and that's in Colossians. You can read about him in Colossians four fifteen. And then Gaius again, who was meeting, had also a small church in his home, and that's in Romans sixteen twenty three. So, but what does it say? So Acts two and forty six. Um, there's a verse that speaks every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they mm -hmm. broke bread in their homes ate together with glad and sincere hearts in their homes so what are they talking about when, when, when they meet in the, the temple? temple courts so, so there were areas that they didn't meet so it wasn't all in their homes well he talks about when they get up on sabbath and they would preach throughout the bible right so what they're doing is the christians who were formerly jews they would go into the synagogues where most people wasn't allowed to go in. So they would go in to preach on the Sabbath to other Jews. And what they would do is they would preach and hope that they could convert you. And then so, on the first day of the week is where we get Sunday. They would fellowship for the Lord's Supper, communion. Let's set the tone a little bit for, for you guys, uh, the listeners. So when Christ came, Judaism was still the primary Old law. old law was what was controlling. Yes. With Christ in his coming, the old law was now not the controlling factor. But yet you still had Jews holding on 
to the old law. Is that well, why they were going to the temples on, on, on Saturdays to try to convert them? The Jews hated the Christians because they seen what they were. They thought they were rebels. Even to this day, in like the Talmud and stuff, which is the Jewish writings, they use Jesus as a rebel. Yeah. They refuse to admit he was son of God or God. And so they looked at him as a rebel even back then. That's why when they got Peter and them, they beat him and said, don't preach in his name anymore. And then Peter and them went around jumping for joy because they were honored enough to be, you know, beaten in Jesus's name and they were happy with it. But so they would go in and what they would do is, and I don't have it Isaiah in front of me. I'm sorry about that. I didn't prepare for that. But they would kind of preach from Isaiah that showing that there would be a Messiah, a man coming or a God coming and he would be, you'd have all this stuff done to him. And they would try to preach this and kind of convey to them, oh, this was Jesus. And on, like I said, then on Sundays, they would all, the Christians would get together with no outsiders and no unbelievers at the time because it was dangerous and they would break bread together. That's where we get the Lord's Supper. Does that address Chris's question about the preaching in the temples? Um, I mean, I mean, if that's what he's referring to, when they would meet on Saturday. Because we're, the whole I mean, point of the discussion is, we're, we're saying that the, the building itself does not, under new law, with Jesus Christ, does not hold any significance. No, it doesn't. So, matter. just because they were teaching the temples, they were trying to use they were they, on Saturdays. Yeah, they were trying to convert people from old law yes, to the new law. They were trying to show them because so we're setting that up. Yeah, that's that's Christ fulfilled. Christ fulfilled the old law. Correct. And, and what does that mean? A lot of people have a problem with this. A lot of Torah observant people, and they're like, "Oh no, the law shall never die." You know, but it, it it did. Christ fulfilled it. That contract was done. A new covenant came in under Christ's blood, and that's where we're at now. Thanks for that, Jeremy. But <clears throat> so we're clear. We're we're back to where we started. At least I think we are. And that again, we're talking about the church mm -hmm. being the body of Christ and those members. It's it's still. We're still defending the position. It's not the building. But Jesus still, and some of the things, just to come back, Jesus still treated the temple as a holy, holy place. Because in Matthew 21, 12, verse 13, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of the selling of the benches of those selling dove. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. So if there's, there's a, if it's just a building, then why was Jesus's reaction, even before his crucifixion, so strong in this in Well, this it used to not be of, just a building. I mean, back under yeah. old law, the temple actually had significance. Yes, that temple, he's talking about it, does it go, he's only referring to the temple in Jerusalem that was built by Solomon. That was to house God. At one time, it housed the Ark of the Covenant from Moses' time. And that was referring to that one building where that was God's home. That's when God, they got to Jerusalem, and David didn't have time. And Solomon built the temple and because David was a man of war. And so they wanted Solomon, God wanted Solomon to build a temple, and that would be God moving out of the Ark into the temple. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of some of the confusion in here is that there is like references to the house of prayer or, or Jesus calling it a house of prayer where, you know, he's he he specifically and, and we we all agree that there yeah. everything in that's included in the Bible is there for a reason. So yes. there are verses that show that an actual building 
And I can see where that thing. Yes. I can see where that it's, would it's be confusing to somebody it, it, who's not understanding he, the context. You know, he overthrew. For instance, uh, so back in the day, <laughs> what they would do is a lot of people would actually travel to Jerusalem for sacrifice mm-hmm. at that temple. They had, even though they might have had synagogues or they didn't really call them churches back then, they called them synagogues or temples. They might have had something in their home. They still went to Jerusalem. That's where the the temple was. The only one that mattered. Even when they split, you know, from Judah, from Israel, Jerusalem still housed the temple. Getting, I guess, moving forward uh, to today, is the buildings that we're meeting in to worship, are they holy? No. Let me ask you this. Do you take your shoes off when you come in? I don't. Okay. When Moses got to the burning bush, what did they ask him to do? God yeah. asked him to take your sandals off. You're on holy ground. And that's where I'm kind of going. And we're going to set this up a little bit with just a, a question here in a minute. Um, this is my take. This is uh, a little commentary I came up with. <clears throat> Nowhere in the New Testament is the church ever referred to as a building. Now, I guess with Chris... We can say that's not exactly true. Back in the first century, when we were, they were still trying to convert Jews from old law to new law, mm-hmm. the temples existed. It says, yes, the church building where we worship is special to us. It evokes precious memories of days gone by. It's where we gather, where we have fellowship, where songs of praise upward roll, where we pray, study, teach, reflect on God's word. And reach first day of the week, we honor and remember his death, <laughs> burial, and resurrection. Yet it is still just a physical structure. And again, I think worship to our Lord and Savior, it could take place in someone's home, a rented room, in a park, in a field. Just to reiterate Matthew 18 and verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I come down in the position where I, I feel there's no significance regarding where we worship. I think it comes down no, to how we worship and to whom we direct that worship. Oh, if this building burned down tomorrow, God the church it, is over? Is that what No, we could go outside. This is where the people meet. The people is the church. When they gather when the follow group of followers from Christ gather together, that's the church. Christ is the head, the followers are the body. Agreed. And I, I agree with that completely when you hear people reference or talk about you know belonging to a church that's the congregation at acre hill it's yeah. not the building at acre hill but the the one thing that it kind of throws a you know it may may it'll make you think about the building is this building was purchased with god's money okay all the stuff that we do is purchased with god's money and so, it's i guess the use of this building is furthering god's work we hope correct so there is, but if this not, building burned down, we could rebuild. We we could still use God's money, or, or if we Correct. didn't have any money, we could still find a place to worship our Lord. This yeah. isn't a place. This building isn't a place to worship. The building. It's not like you know. I disagree with other people. I see a lot of crosses and stuff out there. I don't worship the cross. The cross think, was an instrument to for the sacrifice. It was the instrument that that completed the sacrifice for us for forgiveness of our sins. I just think some of the questions and I, I think you're going to ask one here shortly <laughs> about it. It's a good subject to go on to. It's like, 
is this building, since it is purchased with God, somewhat holy in that thing, that it, that it has a job that through God's will, we have it, and we have to have respect certain rules or, or ideas about it. Well, I mean, you would be as respectful as you would be in your own home. You wouldn't do anything in this church that you wouldn't do in your own home. You know. God didn't buy my home. Well, I mean, yes, he did. It's all God's money. Yeah. Thinking well, I mean, about it, if you think about it that and way. And that is but, a verse, uh, and I read it this morning. I don't have yeah. it with me, but yeah, everything that's on this earth is, is God's. Is God's. Yeah. I'm just saying, you you respect this building just as much as you respect your home. You wouldn't be here beating in the walls and you know jumping on the furniture. You would still hanging out my Star Wars posters. <laughs> I wouldn't oh, do that. Good. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> do that. I, I will say this. And since we're bringing up Star Wars, if a vampire was to start chasing you, don't run into a church building. It won't help you. So what you're indirectly or directly saying, this building's not holy. This this building, this whatever, how much acreage is out here? This is not hallowed ground, is it? I don't know. It's not. Do you, do you, here's the question. Do you guys, and I think you both kind of answered it, do you think there's too much significance placed on the building itself? Sometimes. I guess that's where I'm coming. Sometimes. Here at this church? No. I mean, I, I mean, think, in I general. Think, I'm not even general. really pointing the Yeah, I'm not here. I'm just talking about sometimes. I know, like some churches that if wherever they pour out the rest of the, of the Lord's Supper, the fruit of the vine, there can never be another building built there if that goes away. Really? It's sanctified ground. You can never can you anything artic- over Can you... Expand on that? Uh, what now? So, um, yeah, I've never heard this. I've never heard Episcopal this either. Church. Um, what I was told by a member. So you're saying not so, Church of Christ? Not Church of Christ. Okay. No, but I'm talking about the, in the religions and stuff. Some people in, in the broad scope of things, churches and stuff, place way too much value on their actual building and grounds. Just like you said, how many times is it taught that a vampire runs in, they're going to explode or whatever, which is not real. We know we're going off, but, yeah. but a, a lot of in Christianity. A lot of people place way too much faith on yeah. or significance okay. on the buildings. Well, here's a fact that um, I read a few months ago that um, a church a church building is like a human life in a way. It, it averages its lifespan about 100 years on average. Hmm. Now, are there some churches that stay open longer than 100 years? Yes, but on average, the average church man only lasts a few generations. Are you talking about the building or the congregation? Yes, the, the, the building. building. The building because what happens is it disperses. It starts... Like this church. This church was started somewhere in the seventies, I believe. I could be wrong on that. I really don't know. But you had a, you had a group come in. They had children. Those children continued to come to this church. Those people that started it were grandparents, and then their grandkids started coming here. And then the grandkids start splitting off, going different ways, and the church starts getting smaller and smaller. And so you get about a hundred years of life out of a church building life cycle. Yes, and this just just. You know, some da- raw data I found somewhere one time. and So there's data supporting this? Yes. Okay, you did. Okay. I did not have it on me. I apologize. <laughs> what about Acts 17 and verse 24? God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. It's true. Are y'all ready for the, to kind of yeah. get a little... Specific. Not controversy, but uh, <laughs> Let's get specific a discussion question, if you will. Yeah, we're going to ask what we can and can't do. All right, we, we've, I think we've pretty well kind of defined the fact that the church is not a building; it's the body of Christ. It's the members who make up that body. That's the church. We've said that over and over, 
And I think that they're, when I say that the uh, the building itself is not holy, or uh, it is respected. We respect this this, yeah. this building because that's where we do come to worship. And as Chris mentioned, <clears throat> it was purchased uh, with the Lord's funds. But then everything belongs to the Lord. So outside of worship, guys, and I'm just, okay, I, I, we'll give an example. If we were out here on a Saturday, let's say, not even Sunday, and we were having, say, a work day, would it be okay if we brought lunches? Could we eat food here at this building on these grounds? Who wants to start? Go ahead, Chris. I mean, in that instance, I say yes. Because in that point, I mean, Jesus references are in one of the things that people would work all day. Part of the the part about the Lord's Supper in Corinthians where they talk about eating at home and things like that. Uh they had worked all day and they were in the temple they were you know they were working and all that other stuff and they were they would eat they would eat there however when it came to the worship part of it where they all were like hey we are here at this time to worship all that stuff was put aside yeah so i, I think if the work aspect of it i think i think that's fine the only part that gets to me is when or then i start questioning is if we're here for service and then afterwards we want to have a meal together that, fellowship, fellowship meal, which sounds. This is outside the service, right, Chris? Outside the service, but the day of, like, it still could who's be considered. Who's buying the food? Well, it could be who's buying the food. Um, so there are two. Let me ask this. Okay, I'm gonna, and no, this is a good discussion. So, if after the services, and I know we used to do this years ago at Pleasant View Church of Christ, we would go to Montgomery Bell Park. And have a you know uh, an added dish, I guess what they call it. Most of it, a lot of us would just go to my grandmother's house and eat. Uh, or there's you times know, there's we'll go maybe to a restaurant uh, on Sunday, but you're saying you don't feel like that should happen on church grounds. I think it can get complicated. Uh, I was torn. Oh, uh, and I that's exactly started, what we wanted. I, I was I was torn about this, and I, and I still kind of am. But there are specific so. In 1 Corinthians, if you look at the book of Corinthians, um, they wrote, or, or Paul wrote to the church because there were a lot of things going on in the church that was dividing the members. So, and we're going to talk that some of the eating and stuff. So, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty two, it's very specific. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or you despise the church of God and humiliate, the, humiliate those that have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. And what they're really talking about, and I think... Jeremy may enlighten us a little bit more is there was a lot of stuff going on during the Lord's Supper. So before Jeremy jumps in, perhaps during the Lord's Supper, when we're supposed to be commemorating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they were actually eating like say a meal to Drinking be satiated. All, a, a bunch of to things. fill and, their and, stomachs. And rich people would eat more, and then you had people that didn't have it. So as there was much confusion there watching in there, and it was causing divisions within the church. Well, because and, some people thought they were doing right and some thought well, they were doing so. The poor people wouldn't have as much to eat, and they would look upon the rich people who were filling themselves, getting drunk, all this other stuff, and they would have envy because the poor wouldn't okay. have enough to eat. So it was causing division within those services. First of all, they shouldn't have been doing that. During Is the that supper. applicable to today? Well, hold on. Was we, that a spe- uh, Jared, let's much. let Jeremy jump in on. This. Can you do me a favor? Could you read that same verse? 
again if it start at 17 and end at 34 i absolutely can all right so this Appreciate is 17 it. wait this is you want me to go 17 to 34 11 17 to first corinthians 11 17 i got first 34. 17 through 22 let me just this one i can get uh, so 17 through 22 in the following directives i have no praise for you for your meanings do more harm than good in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat, for as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anyone else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Do you have homes to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. Okay, 23 to 34. For I received from the Lord that which I was delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks a judgment to himself, if he does not the body, if, if he does not judge the body rightly, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick and numbered, sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not condemn along with the world. So then, my brother, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will Come together for judgment. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. The other matters. So a lot of like Chris was saying, it was a division between the richer and the poor. But a lot of it also was what they were doing was, and I apologize for reading. I'm reading a, oh, I'm a glad struggling you through today. Um, but what they were also doing is some of the people, when they would get there, they would start eating immediately. And so when the other ones were coming in later, they were already Full. And this was outside the actual taking of the Lord's Supper. Oh, this was the yes, Lord's Supper. This, this was, was the Lord's Supper. This was the Lord's Supper. This was a meal they had. So what Paul's telling them to do here, see, is to just wait for one another. Before you start eating, let's wait, share what you have. And because it was calling, causing a division, like Chris but said. But it said, too, and I forget what verse. Basically, if you're hungry, eat you at home. What it's saying is if you're so hungry, you can't wait. Uh, just eat at home to get your fill and just come here. And what we do in here is in the remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how does this passage defend the position that either for or against being able to eat or partake of food on church grounds outside of the actual ceremony for the Lord's Supper? Well, I think it goes, again, it goes, there's, there's multiple instances where they say eat at home. So not just about the Lord's Supper, they say eat at home. So, there are, there are other things that are mentioned um, as distractions. There's this article I read. It's like, you know, don't serve breakfast. He said if they, they did it, he did a study, like, or he went to a church where they served breakfast, and it was like 50 times 
more people or 50 percent more people were there in the mornings and the night service so they came for the wrong reasons so even when jesus fed the five thousand people in john 6 26 verse 27 uh jesus seemed a little angry let's let's read this Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So even then, when there were mills... And, and he did life, feed many, many people, many people who yes. were not his disciples. Yes. Correct. And we know that many, John six sixty six, mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. of his disciples, it says, turned away yes yes um can we make the argument or is jesus perhaps making that argument that okay you came here you heard me but you came here for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. but here's the right reason is he condemning the fact that he fed them or just the fact that they were well i think it gets to I think it goes back to Corinthians talking about the the division because even if you you even mentioned it a little bit earlier that this could be a, a taboo topic for some people that hear. So if us having a meal right after the service divides the church, is that spiritual? I'm gonna bring up an instance, okay? Because I really lie in the middle of this yeah. for a couple reasons, and and on one side. I see nothing wrong with having a meal out here. If we pay for it ourselves, people could the collection. That's a really good point. You're not buying it with the church. You're not taking it from the treasury. No, you're not taking it from the treasury. And and I'm going to tell you a story. I went to a church one time a few years ago, and they served breakfast. And they served breakfast the same time they did Bible study. And so when I got there, there were probably 70 people there. 20 of them was in Bible study. 50 of them was in the kitchen. And they were so loud in the kitchen, the 50, you couldn't really concentrate inside the Bible study. I can study. see where that could be a problem. And, or it, was anybody ever converted who actually maybe came well, there for food, but then they heard something that pricked their hearts? Well, Is and, that possible? and another story I've heard, and I'm going to steal this from our preacher because <laughs> he tells it. So if you're listening to Alvin, I apologize. <laughs> Is that he knew another preacher. They would uh, have hamburgers every Wednesday night. And so a lot of people would come, get the hamburgers, and he would tell Alvin, oh, we had these many people. We had so many people. We had 40 people there on Wednesday night. And Alvin was like, hey, how many people went to service? He said, what percentage? And so the next night he said he went the next Wednesday night, and he said over half of them went home after the hamburgers and mm-hmm. didn't stay for the Bible study. So if you're just coming for the food, it ain't the right reason to do it. So it's okay if we leave whatever the perimeter of the church property is and go down on the street corner, so to speak, and feed the homeless there. But we can't do it. At, uh, it wasn't homeless. It was just the neighborhood trying to draw in more people. And the problem is I see you're recruiting, but when those people – People are going to show your colors. If, if, if I show up three or four times and get the free food, and each time I leave as Bible study starts, you're never going to get me more than likely. That person's... Right. What if we did this? And I'm just... I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation, yeah. and I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here. Um, what if you did this on some day other than, than a Sunday? What if you were having a food drive well, on a different. Saturday? Yeah. 
to feed the hungry, the, the homeless. Yeah, to feed the hungry, homeless, I'm give resources to those in need, those I'm people who are less fortunate, for you know, fill in I'm the blank, whatever you want to do. I, I just feel that has to be separate from the, the money, and this is another well, subject. I, and let me say this, Chris. When I, when I say is it okay to have a meal or help people, I, and I didn't mention this, but I'm implying that this is not coming out of the church treasury. No, this I, is individual donations yeah. separate from that. But And this is just my opinion on, on this. I feel like, I mean, do you really think if we weren't in a fallen world, we'd be even having this conversation? Because you think Paul wanted to write a, a letter to Corinthians being like, hey, guys, yeah. you would think you just sit here. And it was the, the directions on the Lord's Supper is pretty clear. You would think you'd wait for everybody just like we do here. We wait for everybody to partake of it. That you'd have to send a letter and speak about this stuff to like, all right, guys, you need to, if you really need yeah. to do this, you need to eat at home. Yeah. It just, it's just mentioned so many times in the Bible. And the problem is it, it's for, it's, we're the problem hmm. with this situation. It's not, they were in here like, I would love to have a meal outside uh, or, you know, fellowship with each other. Yeah. Because honestly, when are you on your best behavior and growing? When you're yeah. surrounded by good people. Good Christianly people. So why would you not want to have? Why would we not want to have dinner after, or or lunch or fellowship more? Even if it's not like we're worshiping God, we're just using the building. Why would we not want to do that? I, I just say there's just many references in the Bible that speaks about I'm, eating I'm at for home. It. I'm for it. If to me, if we wanted to come up here on a Thursday or Friday night when the the building's not in use, and just the group of men, or even the ladies out there that wanted all get, just to get around the other females, they could come up here and and just I would have no problem with that. I think that's absolutely a great thing for the building to do. So is it okay though if we come up here and it's not a service, it's not a worship? This is why, Jeff. Can I get you to read Romans fourteen? 1 through 23. Jeff's got that radio voice. I'm going to let him read all mine, too. <clears throat> 1 through 23? Yes. The law of liberty? Mm-hmm. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Okay, so this right here was basically about 
the, the Jewish converts not wanting to eat pork, still thinking any animal's unclean. And they didn't, it, it, they struggled because they did it all their life. They didn't eat these uncleans, and so they felt wrong because they still thought they could be saved by the law to extent. Okay, why do I bring this up? It's like same reason as Chris brought up First Corinthians, because it brings division. And here's my problem. So, say we wanted to get a men's group out here on a Thursday night to watch a movie, you know. But say two or three people had a problem with that, and it caused a rift in the in the congregation. Is it worth getting together to cause a divide that might separate the congregation? And that's where I lie, why I say I'm for it, but I'm also against it because, and you might not have this in every church, but in some churches you absolutely would have this problem where people would be downright against it. And so, yes, you know you're right because of your faith, which is here shows, where they might just not be is okay with it. So the question would be, is not should you have it up here, would it be worth having inside the building if it upsets others and causes a divide? I, I, I think I agree with you. Not that maybe per se we couldn't make an argument for why it's not wrong, but yeah. we think um, I mean, we know anything. a church not, that we were just at, sadly, a few weeks ago that has a movie night. It's on their, their, their billboard or whatnot and it's not a huge church uh... and you know guys that might be a topic for another night talking about maybe what's acceptable what isn't perhaps we might explore later uh, in another episode uh, prudent use of church funds but for tonight what is the church I think we've uh, had a pretty good discussion I think we all agree that the, the church itself is the people it's not the building 100%. But I think there there's limits. Uh, there are some things that perhaps we probably shouldn't do at the building. Can I ask a question? Has, has either of y'all's opinions changed tonight? I'm glad you mentioned that, Jeremy, because as usual, or as many times as the case, I come into these, uh, these, 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 these discussions perhaps feeling one way, and uh, after I've talked to these two guys, oftentimes, and tonight is no exception, you know, you guys have caused me to walk away from this, looking at it totally different than I did. Mm -hmm. you, you brought up some points that I had not previously thought about, and uh, that, I think that's the beauty of our, our Bible discussions. I mean, I, I yeah. agree I agree with I agree. that. I went into this thinking before I really dove into it, thinking that it should be fine if we have a meal outside. You know, you know what I mean? Until we got in here and, and you actually dive into the Bible and see some of, of the verses and... You know, in my opinion, I just tend to err to the cautious side. The division things. part is what is really <clears throat> kind of got in my mind yeah. there. That's that's really stuck with me. Because you'll see, uh, it, and I'm not saying that I did. I completely agree with everything, but you've definitely got me pointed in a different direction. And what that's going to do is cause me to go and do some more independent research and, and study. And that's a good thing. Always by, a good thing. By the way, don't take anything we say as fact, even if we are right. Please go and research it to make sure we're right. Hey, we're just three guys, and I think we all yeah. came from White Bluffs, so don't hold that against yeah. us. But, uh, <laughs> we're reading from Scripture here, but please go follow up on that Scripture and, and check us out. And open your own Bibles. Yeah. Do your own study. And it doesn't have to be about the stuff that we're bringing up in these podcasts. Uh, every day, open up your Bibles and uh, study the Word of God. Uh, 
It's always beneficial. In closing, I, I'm just going to mention that uh, we're now, you can find us on Spotify. Also, uh, we're going to have a Facebook page that you'll, uh, we'll have some information for that, Cousins in Christ. You can look that up on Facebook, and that should be available by the time this episode comes out. And we're also available, uh, you can hear us on Apple Podcast. And, and please feel free to leave me any questions, comments, or anything like that, or, or something you agree, or even a potential topic that you would like for us to discuss, and, and you should have the ability on, on all of those platforms to do so. So we'd really appreciate right. it. Yeah, and if you could do one, if you don't do any of these things, do one thing for me. This is Jeremy speaking. Please get on there and comment how great a voice Jeff has on the radio because he really dislikes his voice. Give us, I really five, dislike star, it, give us five, five stars for that. And, and I tell him, I say, Jeff, you have a voice for radio while well, I have a face for radio. And so, Actually, you said that about me last week. Oh, so I'm I trying to that. come Thank off you. better. Hey, don't listen. <laughs> but it's been fun. It's been fun. I want to close out with a word of prayer. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we, we come to you tonight giving you thanks for this opportunity that we've had to come together, to study your word, to, to learn more about what you would have us do. We thank you for all the blessings in this life that you've given us. We hope that something that we, we've said here, first of all, we hope everything we've said is in accordance with your will, and, and that may be something that we say, uh, it might turn somebody towards you, Lord, and bring another lost soul home to you we thank you so much lord for everything that you do we ask you that to keep your hand over us to continue to bless us lord to to guide guard and direct us in christ's name we pray amen amen, amen.